Hare Krishna. Welcome, everyone. This afternoon we'll be reading from Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, we have here a book, Second Canto. We've opened up to Chapter 1, The First Step in God Realization. Text number 16. Grihat pravijito dira punyatirta jalapluta sucho vivikta asino vidivat kapitashane. Translation One should leave home and practice self control. In a sacred place, he should bathe regularly and sit down in a lonely place duly sanctified. Report, to prepare oneself for the better next life, one must get out of one's so-called home. The system of Vanashram Dharma or Shanatan Dharma prescribes retirement from family encumbrances as early as possible after one has passed 50 years of age. Modern civilization is based on family comfort the highest standard of amenities. And thereafter, and therefore after retirement, everyone expects to live a very comfortable life in a well-furnished home decorated with fine ladies and children without any desire to get out of such a comfortable home. High government officers and ministers stick to their prized posts until death and they neither dream nor desire to get out of homely comforts. Bound by such hallucinations, materialistic men prepare various plans for a still more comfortable life, but suddenly cruel death comes without mercy and takes away the great plan maker against his desire, forcing him to give up the present body for yet another body. Such a plan maker is thus forced to accept another body in one of the 8,400,000 species of life according to the fruits of work he has performed. In the next life, persons who are too much attached to family comforts are generally awarded lower species of life on account of sinful acts performed during a long duration of sinful life. And thus all the energy of human life is spoiled. In order to be saved from the danger of spoiling the human form of life and being attached to unreal things, one must take warning of death at the age of 50, if not earlier. The principle is that one should take it for granted that the death warning is already there, even prior to the attainment of 50 years of age. And thus at any stage of life, one should prepare himself for a better next life. The system of Shnatan Dharma Institution is so made that the followers train for the better next life without any chance that the human life will be spoiled. The holy places all over the world are meant for the residential purposes of retired persons getting ready for a better next life. Intelligent persons must go there at the end of life, and for that matter, after 50 years of age, to live a life of spiritual regeneration for the sake of being freed from family attachment, which is considered to be the shackle of material life. One is recommended to quit home just to get rid of material attachment because one who sticks to family life until death cannot get rid of the material attachment and as long as one is materially attached one cannot understand spiritual freedom. One should not however become self-complacent simply by leaving home or by creating another home at the holy place either lawfully or unlawfully. Many persons leave home and go to such holy places but due to bad association, again become family men by illicit connection with the opposite sex. The illusory energy of matter is so strong that one is apt to be under such illusion at every stage of life, even after quitting one's happy home. Therefore, it is essential that one practice self-control by celibacy without the least desire for sexual indulgence. For a man desiring to improve the condition of his existence, sex indulgence is considered suicidal or even worse. Therefore, to live apart from family life means to become self-controlled in regard to all sense desires, 
especially sexual desires. The method is that one should have a duly sanctified sitting place made of straw, deerskin, and carpet. And thus sitting on it, one should chant the holy name of the Lord without offense, as prescribed above. The whole process is to drag the mind from material engagements and fix it on the lotus feet of the Lord. This simple process alone will help one to advance to the highest stage of spiritual success. Very, very sobering uh, shlok and purport. So this verse of the immortal wisdom of Srimad Bhagavatam is speaking, being spoken by a great sage, Srila uh, Shukdev Goswami. Shukdev Goswami is a typical uh, sadhu. Uh, we, we, when we hear the word sadhu, we think of a holy man in India, perhaps barefoot, um, wearing only a lungi and maybe a a chowder over his shoulder if it's cold, maybe long hair, beard, somewhat thin, with a stick walking to a holy place. But really the word sadhu means one who by his words cuts our material attachments. In this world we're conditioned souls and we don't want to cut our material attachments. We want to hold on to them. Even sometimes we may take up spiritual life to some degree. We may join a religion <laughs> or whatever. But really, difficult to um, give up our material attachments. But it's required, it's necessary. If one wants to advance in spiritual life, it means uh, giving up what is unfavorable for spiritual life and embracing what is favorable. And sometimes both those things are difficult. Not easy to give up the attachments that have kept us bound to this world life after life after life. It's a habit. Habit becomes second nature. Even if it's not a good habit, if you've been doing it long enough, you still don't want to give it up. Like smoking cigarettes. I was reading how uh, the president-elect in America, Barack Obama, a very attractive personality, good speaker, has a good history of um, statesmanship in America, and has a good political campaign, change. And he was elected, but he has a bad habit, or so we've heard, we haven't seen yet, but he, he can't give up smoking cigarettes. He knows for his... Um, image it would be best and for his health it would be better <laughs> but it's very hard and sometimes he sneaks the smoke in the back somewhere so even though he knows he should do it it's hard to do because he's been doing so long what to speak of all of us what has our business been since we left the spiritual world and came into the material world our business has been sense gratification material enjoyment even if it's not in the interest of the soul with each step of material activity we become more entangled like a fly who somehow by destiny flies into the spider's web and his only one little foot is caught but to extradite himself he puts the other foot in the web to push away and then the second foot is stuck and then the third and then the fourth and the fifth and pretty soon he's dinner for the spider. So our situation is similar. All our activities are meant for our selfish purposes without considering selfless service to God. So we become more and more entangled and very hard to get free. <laughs> very hard to get free. Uh, actually on your own you can't do you need the mercy of Guru and Goranga. Therefore, Shastra says, as soon as possible, one should search out a spiritual guide who can teach one how to become free from entanglement in this world. 
the Gita is the shining light for our Vedic culture for thousands and thousands of years, millions of years actually. Krishna says he spoke this Gita to the sun god Vivishwan millions of years ago. And there, very early in the Gita, Tadvidi paripatena paripashana sevaya upadekshanti teganam Darshan means one who's seen tattva, the truth. Just uh, try to approach a spiritual master, uh, inquire from him submissively and render service to him. The self-realized souls can impart knowledge to you because they've seen the truth. Either with their own eyes or through the knowledge of Shastra, through scripture. And when they speak, they don't speak to flatter their audience. That is not their business, to flatter their audience. No. When you go to the doctor, you don't expect the doctor well, is there to flatter you. You don't pay him to flatter you. Oh, you are in perfect health, looking very good. Excuse me, sir, I'm sick. I've had this pain in my abdomen for weeks. I'm coming to you not for you to tell me how nice I am, but to cure me of this disease. So sometimes doctor, he takes the scalpel and he cuts. And it's painful. Of course, he may give the anesthesia. He may give some anesthesia. But the shot also hurts. (laughs) And afterwards, the recovery is long time coming, very painful. So similarly, when you go to the spiritual doctor, the one who's curing the ultimate disease of material existence caused by our ignorance of forgetting God and God's laws, don't expect that he will flatter you. Of course, it goes on. We have those pseudo-jogis, jnanis, and so-called sadhus. You'll go and they'll speak some flowery words and tell you how wonderful you are and you are Brahman and you are God. And you just pay me little money and I will reveal everything like (laughs) this is going on. It's cheating business. Especially in Kali Yuga. There's a Bengali proverb. You go to the marketplace and you speak the truth and they'll throw sticks and stones at you. But if you speak some nonsense, everyone will applaud. Oh, sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. So sadhu means one who speaks the truth. And sometimes a little painful. He cuts. Hard, really, to to go before the real sadhu. You have to be prepared for open heart surgery. You have to be prepared. And you should want it. And you should know that by undergoing the process of hearing from sadhu, you're going to get better. Cheto, darpanam, marjanam. All the inauspicious things of the heart, which are the root cause of our suffering, they'll be uprooted by hearing from sadhu. That's Shabda Brahma. Shabda Brahma means transcendental sound vibration. It's very powerful. Almost against our will the attachments fly in the ten directions. (laughs) So we have to submit ourselves for our rectification to hear regularly from the sadhus. Not only to hear, but to act on their knowledge. Pariprasana sevaya. Pariprasana means, I inquire. Kayami, sir, who am I? And then the sadhus speak, and then it's not enough. We have to act on that knowledge. And by acting all that knowledge comes the vigyan. The jnana is the knowledge, but the vigyan is the realized knowledge. We're after vigyan. We're not like the children who can repeat so many shlokas. Then you ask them, what does that mean? Oh, ask my mother. That's okay when you're young, but when you're older, you have to know the shlok, you have to know the meaning, and you have to realize the shlok. How do you do that? Shevaya. Pariprasana Sevaya. Sevaya means that you act on the knowledge. This is the mystery. You don't it's not like going to a university and 
hearing from a mundane professor about a subject, memorizing everything, cramming for the final exam. You cram, and then you go in, and just from writ, from memory, you write everything down. Maybe you write a little bit on your hand. <laughs> and then you get, oh, you have passed. It's not like that, Krishna consciousness. You can know all 700 shlokas of the Gita, but unless you practice the Gita, it's just like licking the outside of a jar of honey. Everyone likes uh, la miel, as we say in French. The sweet taste of honey. But if you're licking the jar, you know, you're close, but you could be a million miles away. Because there's a thin plate of glass between you and the honey. <laughs> to open the jar and stick your finger in and take the honey. So to realize this sobering knowledge, Shevaya, to take the words of the sadhus to heart and apply them in our lives. Just like you go to the doctor, he prescribes a medicine. So you come home and your wife says, So, how was it? Oh, yes, he gave me the prescription. I'll be okay soon. No. He gave you the prescription to put in your mouth and swallow. And then it will work. It's not enough just to come to the temple and be entertained by hearing one class. Oh, that was a very nice class. Swamiji spoke so nicely. So has it gone in one ear and out the other? No. To take the knowledge and apply it. Prabhupada said, of all the instructions of the spiritual master, and there are so many, he will speak his whole life, volumes of... uh, Books could be printed or tapes could be produced. But the most important instruction, Prabhupada said, is to chant Hare Krishna. And what is the prescribed dose? One pill, two pill, three pill, sixteen pills. Sixteen rounds. Maybe one can't do it immediately, that's okay. Some period of grace is there, just like your child can't speak. But after four years, oh hello. He's not speaking. Then he needs to go to the doctor. Some psychologist or something. So there's a period of grace when we first come. We're curious, we're inquiring, we're making a decision. Then once we've made a decision, yes, this is something extraordinary, this International Society for Krishna Consciousness, carrying the banner of Vedic culture throughout the world, the flag the Jaya Patak means the victory flag. Then we should become serious and chant on a regular basis, 16 pills a day, and hear regularly. So here, Shukdev Goswami, speaking very sober. Oh, but it's it's my vacation now. This is uh, the Christmas holidays. I've come to the temple to enjoy my holidays and Shukadev Goswami is speaking in a very... uh, speaking about life in such a way. He's not very encouraging. He's not encouraging material life, but he's very encouraging the spiritual life. But to actively engage in the spiritual life, we have to be convinced about the nature of material life. What does Krishna say? He said, what is this life, this world? It is temporary and full of so many painful situations. If you can understand that, then you become a good candidate for the positive alternative, Krishna consciousness. So today, Shukadeva Goswami is speaking about the duty of one who's reached 50 years of age. 50 years of age. His duty is to leave home. (laughs) Leave the comfort of home and hearth. And go where? On vacation? No. He goes to perform tapas. Tapasya. He's lived the comfortable life. Now, before death comes, he has to give up that comfort so as not to remain attached and then have to take birth again, but 
He goes at 50, he goes, he gives it all up. He's worked so hard for that nice, comfortable situation. Now he has to give it up at 50 and go to the vana, to the forest. Oh, that, that sounds nice, the forest. The beautiful, the birds and the butterflies and the bees and the warm breezes and the green trees and the flowing rivers. Yes, maybe for a couple months of the year, but don't forget, there's winter, there's summer. And you know what that means in India? In India, it's very hot and very cold. So there's a little window there just so you can survive it all. But they go to the Vana. Preferably, they go to Vrindavana, the forest of Vrindadevi, Vrindavan, where, where you not only engage in tapasya, but you become enlivened by devotional service to the divine couple, Radha and Krishna. That is the best vana to go to. That is all preparation for death. No, Swamiji, it's holidays. No, I'm repeating, this verse has come, so... No, but this is subject matter for old people. But Paladma, so he's preparing himself for death. Death could come at any time. There's no guarantee that death will come after the holidays. <laughs> I was reading how one boy and his father were snorkeling somewhere near Perth. They're holidays. First day of the holiday, they go snorkeling. Mom, I mean, father and son, they're snorkeling all the time. And as soon as it picks his son up from school and puts their flippers and snorkels in the back of the pickup truck and go out there to little south of Perth and good time and the boy hears this little noise and he looks around and there's no dad behind him snorkeling just his goggles were there a great white came so fast so quickly just took him away <laughs> what is this supposed to happen like 60 years from now Oh, you never know. They have to be prepared. Well, Sukadeva Goswami is speaking about this. This is the right way to spend our vacation. Hearing from the sober truth of this world. There's two things in this world that are very mysterious. There's lots of mysteries. But there's two things that are really mysterious that attract everyone's attention. Birth and death. When somebody's born, everyone crowds around the new baby, kuchi-kuchi, so fascinated. Where has he come from? Who is he? What name will he give? And he looks so nice. He looks like you. No, he looks like me. It's just something so mysterious. You know, that man and woman unite, conceive, and... It's far beyond them, the phenomena of life, how it's all happening, and then patiently wait nine months, and then out comes this person, full-fledged person, with a body and functioning mind and senses and organs, and, and very soon a personality. Wow! Where did he come from? And then you call the astrologer. He was one great king in his last life. I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> or he's destined to be a great devotee. My little ray of Vishnu. <laughs> you know, like that. And then the same phenomenon happens when someone dies. It's another great mystery. It's just fast. It just attracts the attention. Someone dies and everyone crowds around and, you know, where will he go and what will happen to him and... We just see the life flickering, flickering, and then one moment, gone. The person, the personality, the active mind, the senses, it's all gone. And that body which we were so attached to is lifeless, cold. There's no consciousness, and we're no longer attracted. We put it back in the cooler. And then we lament where they have gone. It is, these, these things are the real mysteries of life. Not so much for those of us studying Vedic Shastra, we know from whence the person has come and where they're going. These things are not something we understand. Of course, of the two, we prefer the beginning. We don't like the end. The end. 
<laughs> there was one song by a group in the 1960s, The Doors. The end, my friend, of all that ever was. The end. Scary. We like to talk about the birth. Like Krishna says, of seasons, I'm flower-bearing spring. Because spring means rebirth. That cold, of course, you don't know about it down here. Maybe that's why you live here in Australian Sydney. But those of us who've lived in the northern hemispheres, you know, winter means it's dark by 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It doesn't get light until 8.30 in the morning in London, Paris, Berlin, Varsavia, Moscow. I think in Moscow it's dark by 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And there's no leaves on the trees. It's the same baby. He's come back to haunt me. Brajeshwari, don't come back until the baby's peaceful. <laughs> so when finally when, when the spring comes, oh, spring has sprung, we're all so happy, life has come. It's a symptom. Except for Krishna says, of seasons, I am flower-bearing spring. We love spring. It's one of the favorite. So we prefer to talk about the birth. No one likes to talk about the, the second part. But, but it can't be ignored. We don't want to be like the ostrich. The ostrich, when she sees there's danger, what does she do? She's got a very simple but naive, perhaps stupid, solution to the reality of danger. She digs a hole in the sand and puts her head there. and Oh, there's no more a problem. <laughs> Hello, the hunter's coming close. No, no, I don't see. I mean, no. We can't ignore it. Just like if you see your body's developing some problem, like if you have a bad tooth coming out, you can't ignore it. Little pain is there. That's nature's way of saying something's wrong. And you go to the doctor and get it fixed. So that we have to leave this world, we see a hanyahani bhutani. Uh, Maharaj Judishtir said to Yamaraj, Yamaraj said, what is the most amazing thing in this world? He didn't like rattle off the seven wonders of the world. No, he said, Hanyahani Bhutani, everyone is, everyone is going to the kingdom of death, Yamalok, but I somehow think I'm going to be here permanently. And Yamaraj said, that is the perfect answer. Hanyahani Bhutani. So we have to deal with it, not like all the time, but to make the proper investment. Study a little bit. Act on the knowledge of Vedic culture. Become realized. Dearest Tatanamuyanti, Krishna said, when that moment comes, you won't be the least disturbed. Dira means very sober. As the embodied soul passes from the body of a baby to a boy to a youth, an old man, the soul passes into another body of death. But the sadhu, the, the rishi, the jogi, the jnani, dira. He's not perplexed. It's just like changing clothes. Like before the Sunday program, you put on your Sunday best. Your suit, your... Oh. Your suit, your ties. Anyway, when I was a kid, we went to church. We put on our suit and tie. Now it's a different... This is Australia. Put on your best board shorts. (laughs) And your most colorful t-shirt. And you come to the temple. So actually you could say that of the two, birth and death, death is the most important moment in life. What a crazy statement is Swami saying? That death is the most important moment in life? Yes, because Shastra says that moment determines our next birth. And that's important because it's a big change. You want to make sure if you have to go, you go for the better. Just like when you finish high school, it's a big thing which university you're going to go on to. When I remember when I was in high school, we were in our junior year, and especially our senior year, all of us started speaking. We started really putting our head to the grinder, our nose to the grinder, studying. Because 
when it came time to graduate, you couldn't just say, well, I'm going to go to this university. I mean, no, it depended on your grades. So it was really important how you worked so that you could get, you know, you'd be like, in that. if you went to a junior college, you'd be there two years, or you might be six years. If you go for a master's and a PhD, you might be eight more years. So you want to make sure that at the final exam, you've got the right scores. That's a long time. Well, the same logic holds true for your next life. You want to make sure you have the credit to take a very elevated birth, like in India. At least it used to be like that. Shastra says that those who take, those who are the most pious persons, they take birth in India because there's so much opportunity for Krishna consciousness there. Such a deep uh, understanding of spiritual life, far beyond anything that's known in the West. Far, much, what is the soul, what actually happens at death, exactly how creation took place, exactly what the, how the universe is uh, structured, exactly what the spiritual world looks like in every detail. Every detail about the personality of Godhead, such an advanced PhD studying the science of self-realization. So advanced. You can take that birth in India. Or you can take birth in Ishkon. Even better, because India is becoming little Bollywood. So the difference isn't that you know you're just you're concerned about four, six, or eight years. You're concerned about your next life, which is forty or sixty or eighty years. Of course, the best thing. What's the best? The best thing is not to take birth again. How do you do that? Abrama bhuvana loka punar arvito arjuna mamopetiti kontiya. Who's got the best opinion? Krishna. He knows all phases of time, past, present, and future. He knows the best. Father knows best, we used to say when I was young. From the highest planet in the material world down to the lowest, they're all places of misery wherein repeated birth and death take place. But Punar Janmanavidyate, one who attains to my abode. What is his abode called? Golok, beyond the Vaikuntha planets, the unlimited spiritual planets of the spiritual sky, there is one planet in particular, shaped like the whirl of a lotus flower. Golok, Golok means like go means like where the cows are um, tended. Krishna's cowherd boy, Golok Brindavan. Once having come there, you never come back to Sydney. <laughs> now I don't know. You may walk out. You know, I, I mean, I like Sydney, but compared to Golok. There's a big difference. But that option's not there for 99.999% of the people. We're discussing getting the best possible birth after death because that's rare. Even for Gaudiya Vaishnavas, it's said that your first life is as Sadaka, your second life is as, as Raganuk Bhakti, third life you do Prem Bhakti. Then you go to that planet in the universe where Krishna is performing his pastimes. You get trained in a particular service. You take birth in the womb of a Braja Gopi. <laughs> and you become trained in a particular service to Radha or Krishna. And from there you go to Golok. You have to come already trained. <laughs> it's not a training ground. <laughs> you have to be ex- so even if it, it takes some time. That's very rare. Vasudeva Sarvamiti, Samahatma Sudurlabaha. Krishna says, out of many, uh, after many, many births, one who is in full knowledge of me surrenders. It takes long time. Therefore, Rupa Goswami says, patience is a virtue, to be very patient. So, most, all materialists and many devotees, wow. I just worry. You're in charge of all babies. Any screaming baby? There's a playground and the park about 500 meters away. <laughs> so we want, if, if, if we don't make it back to God, we want to make sure that we get the best possible. You gotta, you're going to die and you're going to take birth again. So you want to inquire, I want to, to make, I want to get the best 
we can't, there's no such thing as the best way of dying. Dying is always an embarrassing situation. But you want to get the best birth. According to Gita, what is the best, what, what's the best birth you can get? What's the best of the best? Atava yoginam eva kule bhavati di mutam etadi dulaba taram loki janma yari idrisham. Krishna says. Or he takes birth, Krishna says, in a family of transcendentalists who are surely great in wisdom. Certainly such a birth is rare in this world. Now who is that? That's those little babies out there that I, who are crying. I hope I'm not making any Vaishnava parats here. They have that birth. Atava yoginam meva kule bhavati di matam etadi dulabam taram loke janma yad ishvisham. Those babies, they're the special souls. Well, bring them back. Let them cry. <laughs> They've taken that. Krishna says, etadi dulabam taram. That's a very rare birth. It's very. But for most people, it's not an option. They have a wide variety of choices. 8,400,000 species. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some are downright ugly. You look at some of the species of life they're discovering at the bottom of the ocean now. I don't know. They look like creatures from Yamaloka or something. So what, what determines it all? When you die, that's why we say it's the most important moment in life. Yam yam vapis marambavam tiyachatiyanta kalevaram yam yam evati kontaya saratad bhavabhavita. This is wisdom. This is knowledge. This is what they should be printing in the newspapers. <laughs> Whatever state of being one remembers when he quits his body, O son of Kunti, that state he will attain without fail. Generally, Prabhupada paraphrasing that, he said, what happens when you're dying is that your whole life flashes before you like video. Like nowadays, you can... We have DVDs. Videos, that's also out now. DVD. You put the DVD on your computer and you can fast forward it. You can see the whole movie in five seconds. And as a video runs, you know, we may, it's a video of life, is running before our eyes, Shastra says, um, we become attracted to one particular moment. Just like when you're watching a video, you say to your friend, hey, stop it there, play that part again. Right? You're watching your favorite movie. No, devotees don't watch movies. You're watching your famous Sita's wedding. <laughs> or whatever. And you're watching, and then, oh, stop! But wait, go back. I want to look at that. And you just, oh, Ram is so handsome and noble and Sita is so beautiful and their transcendental relation. You know. So on the big screen of life, what determines your next birth is that if the whole, your whole life, from your conception, your mother conception, your mother's womb, to your childhood, your teenage years, your middle age, boing, you get stuck at one point. My dog... I love that dog. <laughs> it's a little funny, but actually it's quite serious stuff. <clears throat> so we don't want to be bewildered. We want to be really clear-minded. When you make a, important decisions in life, you want to be clear. Right? You don't want to be cloudy or sleepy. Do you accept this girl as your wife? Okay. And you wake up the next morning. Oh my God. Or if you want this job, you know, you weren't, okay, just take it, hurry, I want to go home. And you find out. It's significant choices. You want to be very well rested, intelligent, sharp, mind focused, and then you think. Again, my father taught me. When making an important decision, think again and again and again and again, and then make your decision. So at the moment of death, what we're thinking about will determine our next... But we want to make sure that we're in the right consciousness. But it could come at any time. 
So you always have to be in the right consciousness. That's a challenge. To always remember Krishna and never forget Krishna. How do you always remember someone and never forget them? There's two ways. If you hate them, (laughs) you'll always remember them and never forget them. And if you love them. We don't want to hate God. Who hated God? Kamsa. Kamsa heard an oracle from the sky. Kamsa, you fool! Don't you know that the eighth child of your sister, Devaki, is going to be the source of your death? He took out his sword ready to kill his own sister, Devaki. Vasudev preached to him. He was a good preacher. He put the sword back in. <laughs> he convinced him. Various arguments. We won't go into that now. And he was always thinking, when that eighth son of my sister will be born, he was thinking like that. I will kill him. He was very Krishna conscious. He was always remembering Krishna and never forgetting. But Rupa Goswami says, yes, but not that type of Krishna. Anyabilasita sunyam jnana karma navitam anukalena krishnu shilanam bhakti uttama. Always think of God, but favorably. And in accordance to what Krishna wants you to do, as Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. So don't come before Radha Gopinath and say, I need, I want, please give. Yes, sir. There's some service I can do for you. That's Shanatan Dharma. When we approach God with a selfless attitude, sir, you have been so kind to me. You've brought me to the shelter of your lotus feet. I can never repay you. I have come from India and I find there's this nice temple in this city. <laughs> and there's nice prasad here and there's lectures and there's programs and festivals. Sir, can I, something I can do for you. This is Krishna consciousness. And if we're like that, let death come. Just like Dhruva Maharaj. We've all heard of Dhruva. Dhruva Maharaj a young boy who was offended by his father the king and he decided he wanted to be better than his dad so he wanted to get a property bigger than his father's kingdom he went to his mother Suniti Ma, Maya help me get some revenge against my father she said son I, I am just a simple woman what I can do you go to God you have such a desire you go to God where is God? So she said, well, I'm not exactly sure where God is, but I see all the yogis going to the forest to find Him. <laughs> so she concluded, God must live in the forest. This five-year-old boy was so determined. He had this grudge. He went to God with a grudge. And he went in the forest and he was doing some austerities and one sadhu came, what are you doing here, five years old? I'm looking for God. Hey, that, that, you're five, you could go home to mommy. He said, Sadhu, if you can't show me God, you go home to your mother, but I'm staying here until I find <laughs> That Sadhu was so impressed with his determination, he gave him one mantra. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya He was so sincere, he chanted and chanted and chanted and chanted. He took the pills every day, 16. And what happened? Govindam Adipurusham Tamaham Bajami God appeared to him, five-year-old boy. What do you want? Well, actually, what do I want? Well, I changed my mind. (laughs) Since I've seen you, you're like a beautiful jewel. And I, my Lord, was looking after broken pieces of glass, trying to fulfill my desires. It was like glass. You, all I want is you. All I want is to serve you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. My dear Lord, my dear energy of the Lord, Shimati Radhika, Vrindavaneshwari, um, please, Again, engage me in your devotional service. 
he became Krishna conscious. He was five. So when he came time by nature's way for him to leave his mortal frame, Lord sent a Vaikuntha airplane, flower airplane from, from Vaikuntha with Vishnu Dutz. And they came. And death approached him at the same time. When death saw this stature of this five-year-old boy who was a, who was a self-realized Mahapurusha, Bhagavat, devotee of the Lord, death paid obeisances to him. Raja, Rajeshwari. Death paid obeisances. And what did Dhruva do? He stepped on the head of death in order to get into the Vaikuntha airplane. This is Vaishnava. He's not afraid. He knows, oh, I'm just going to change my clothes. But more so, he knows he's leaving this world to go back home, back to Godhead. He's not afraid of death. Come on. Death, come on, come on. He's not afraid. <laughs> It means he's going to experience the, the alternative, the best alternative. Unlike a materialistic man, the death comes and he's hanging, lamenting, and all the family members are crying, and it's such a pitiful scene. Oh. In days of yours, the sadhu who prepared his whole life to go back to Godhead, when he was about to die, he'd just walk into the forest alone. He relinquished his body in some lonely place as nonchalantly as someone changes his clothes. He didn't want to draw a lot of attention to the fact that his body was dying. Rather, he wanted to be remembered for what he did when he was alive. His example, his noble deeds, his instructions. He wouldn't everyone come around. and No, he'd go like animals do. They'll just wander into the forest. That's sadhu. He just, time to die, he goes, he disappears. There's a famous quote, someone asked a friend about an associate of theirs who recently died. He said, tell me, how did he die? And his friend said, don't ask me how he died, ask me how he lived. So there's so many examples of great souls, how they lived, and the art of living and the art of dying. Bhishma, Haridash Thakur, Srila Prabhupada, they showed us the art of living, and rather than going to the forest, every uh, part of their life was an instruction to us. When Prabhupada was passing away, you can just imagine how painful it was for his disciples. His body became like a skeleton. And one of the Iskan uh, filmmakers, Yadubara, he came in to film Prabhupada those last moments. And Bhavananda said, Out! Go! Oh. And Prabhupada said, No. Let him film. Do not think this will not happen to you. So kind he was to, to show us how to live in full Krishna consciousness. He showed us how to live a life of Krishna consciousness and he showed us how to to live a life like that. So we want to follow that example. We don't want to put all our time and energy into this bag of bones and muscles and blood and mucus. And Prabhupada said, faith means to put your trust in something sublime. What's sublime about this package that covers the soul? <laughs> Not very. Beauty is only skin deep. If you're a doctor, you know what I mean. As soon as you begin to operate, there's a certain stench that comes from the body when it's opened. One of my friends who's a medic, he works for an emergency service, he told me that. He said the hardest part of his duty is the stench that comes from nothing. But the soul, more beautiful than 10,000 suns rising simultaneously. We have to change the focus of our meditation. Gradually, of course, slowly, to the real beauty, which is the soul. It takes time, but it's possible. You have to practice. So, every day is a little practice. You make a little investment. It's like a businessman. Um, he invests a little bit in a certain scheme, not expecting that it'll the return will come immediately, but at some point, 
10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road, there's a big payback. So we also have to find the time, as you are doing, coming here to the temple and hearing this very sober subject matter. And if we can adjust our lives in such a way that we uh, give as much time as possible to Krishna conscious activities as we're allowed to in this age, because really, we're to keep up, you've got to work hard. You got to work hard in school. You got to work hard in your career. You got to work hard in your family relationships. You got to work hard for your country. But where there's a will, there's a way. My mom used to feed us and feed us up to the neck, and then so anything else? No, mom, we're so full. No more vegetables. <laughs> I've got Jello. Oh, <laughs> and that was the. That was the motto or the slogan, the whatever the word the, on the Jello package. There's always room for Jello. <laughs> so we're full up in our responsibilities in this world. But if you've got a little attraction for Krishna consciousness, you'll always find room, and the more the better. Because that day will come, and the video of our life will pass. But it won't be a problem for devotees because, you know, the video of life will be, oh, stop at that kirtan by Bibi Govinda Maharaj. Stop at that class of Devamrita Maharaj. Stop at that feast, that wonderful feast by, that pizza feast by Narashwara Prabhu. <laughs> stop at that wonderful marathon I did, you know, in the Sydney temple. It doesn't matter where it stops for devotee. Let it roll. Let the video roll. If you're a materialistic person, no, not, not there. No, not there. Not that. Not that. Yes, maybe. No, not that. <laughs> devotee. Just let it roll. My whole life. My meaningful life. Meaningful life means when you came to Krishna consciousness. Forget the past. It's done. We're excused by the mercy of Guru and Krishna. We're excused for the past. So real life means the life of the soul, not just the body. Let that video run. Stop it anywhere. I don't care. It was all Krishna conscious. When I look back on my own life, I joined when I was a teenager. What happened before? You'll never know. <laughs> but what happened afterward has been a wonderful adventure. Krishna says, I am adventure. The life of any devotee such a wonderful or these boys and girls who were born our second generation they don't know anything about sinful activity like Prabhupada said I do not know what is sinful I never engage in a sinful life so these boys and girls they just have such fond memories of Mayapur and Vrindavan and bathing in the Ganja and the Jamuna and all so wherever the video stops So from this point on, make sure there's no break. That you don't change the video. Now let's change it for... There's a good movie that just came out. Let's watch this... Uh, whatever. Keep to the same script. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Shimad Bhagavatam Ki, Srila Prabhupada Ki, 